Welcome to the podcast from Commonwealth Magazine. I'm Michael Jonas. After several years of hesitation, debate, and one lawsuit, it looks like Boston police officers will be wearing body cameras. Mayor Marty Walsh and Police Commissioner Bill Evans both said so in recent days. The exact details and timeline of this to follow. Our guest on the podcast, Shagun Iduwu, probably has as much to do with police body cameras coming to Boston as anyone. He's a co-founder of the Boston Police Camera Action Team, which has been pushing for body cameras since 2014. Shagun, welcome. It's great to have you here. Thank you for having me. So first of all, uh, in recent days, we seem to have indication from both the mayor and the police commissioner that we are, in fact, going to uh, go ahead with with uh, deployment of body cameras across the department, uh, essentially what you and your group have been pushing for for going on four years. So are you... Uh, uh, happy at this moment? Is this good news? That's the number one question we got asked. I would say that it's an indication that the mayor is listening, and we are happy that the mayor is is listening to the majority of Bostonians now. And, uh, I mean, you're a little hesitant to sort of declare victory. Is that because you're <laughs> sort of waiting to, as I said, the details are to follow, and, and those are going to be important? Right. I mean, for us, it was already a foregone conclusion that Boston was going to get body cameras. So it's uh, we're happy that uh, uh, we've caught up to uh, where we were about four years ago. Um, but for us, it's about the policy. That's why we were uh, formed. And so uh, for us, we're ready for that conversation to talk about uh, how we use those cameras uh, and when we start deploying them and putting them on officers. Mm-hmm. So talk a little just about about how you got started on this effort and uh, and how the, the organization that you co-founded came came to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so BPCAT, or the Boston Police Camera Action Team, was formed on August 13th of 2014, about 1,300 days ago. Uh, it was four days after the uh, death of, uh, or the murder, I would say, of Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri. Uh, so the co-founder, uh, Shakia Scott, a good friend of mine, we went to high school together, uh, decided that uh, we wanted to do something in the city of Boston. You know, when, when we saw Ferguson happening, everyone said, let's go down to Ferguson. And Shakia called me and said we should do that. And I said, okay, well, I'll take the free trip, you know, if you're going to pay for it. But uh, decided that it was more important for us to prevent a Michael Brown from being shot and killed on Warren Street or Tamir Rice from being shot and killed in Jeep Jones Park, uh, then going down to Ferguson where they had all of the people and the resources they had. Um, And so we sent out a call to random people. We started a meetup group, uh, and uh, people from all walks of life uh, answered the call, and we met in the offices of the ACLU of Massachusetts. uh, And uh, it was there that we decided we were going to focus on body cams, uh, and then more specifically on uh, writing the policy because we knew again that, or in our minds, we just knew that Boston was going to adopt this technology, you know, a week after we formed, and that we should talk about policy. And, and what made you so convinced that it was inevitable? The the whole country was talking about it. Uh, one of the major uh, uh, issues of what happened in Ferguson was that it was a well, it was a he said um, situation because the other person that would have said was dead, mm. and so there and there was also conflicting. Uh, uh, reports, witness uh, reports uh, from what happened. Uh, and so uh, the conversation began on television news and the New York Times, et cetera, that uh, body cameras would have helped us determine what happened uh, uh, between Mike Brown and Darren Wilson. Uh, and so, you know, for us, since the whole country was talking about it and since Boston declares itself to be one of the most, if not the most liberal progressive cities in the country, that we would have absolutely adopted this technology uh, uh, and been a leader on this front. Um, unfortunately, uh, that's not how it went down, but we're happy nonetheless that we're, we're catching up and, and moving uh, uh, down, that, down that path. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I'm sure you're you're mostly focused ahead on on, on the policy mm-hmm. and and the fact that we are moving. But let's talk a little bit about about the sort of difficult road <laughs> to getting here. I mean, what's been what's been the attitude of the mayor and the police commissioner? I think uh, I was struck that. Uh, as recently as January, I think in an interview, uh, a quote from the mayor was that, you know, he was not not convinced yet. And uh, then, you know, two months later, earlier this month, uh, Commissioner Evans, uh, I'm quoting here from a piece in the Globe, said, I think the mayor realized the positive benefits to this, and I, I know I did. So uh, there's sort of been some evolution. But certainly there's been a long period of time when, when you know, it's, people would say the mayor has seemed skeptical, reluctant, ambivalent, uh, you could sort of term it, you know, put any number of characterizations on it, but mm-hmm. but something less than than full-throated uh, embrace of this. Right, which has been odd for us only because uh, the commissioner has pretty much always uh, been in support of them. There was a time when we first started that uh, the commissioner uh, was on both sides of it. Uh, so I remember when we first uh, announced ourselves in September of 2014, uh, there was uh, CBS, uh, excuse me, WBZ did a, a, a TV interview uh, with myself, Commissioner Evans, and former Commissioner Ed Davis on the issue of body cameras. And all three of us said body cameras are the way to go, uh, and we believe this is the next uh, step that the Boston police are going to take. Uh, the mayor was interviewed a few months after that when the president, uh, when President Obama said that they're going to devote uh, twenty or so million dollars or seventy-five million dollars to. Uh, federal, uh, federally to state and local police for body cams. The mayor came out and said, Matt, we don't need those in Boston. Uh, we have a great community policing force, and so body cameras are going to detract from the progress we're making. Um, the Globe came out uh, that same day and were, you know, were uh, uh, taken aback that uh, the mayor would make that statement. So by the end of the week, after all of the op-eds, uh, the mayor reversed his decision and said, uh, maybe we should take a look at this, uh, which was, uh, for us, we were laughing. Uh, in, in our in our little enclave, um, so uh, but the commissioner has always been for body cameras, um, and we've always appreciated that support. Uh, and when we talked to officers uh, when we were forming our policy, they were for body cameras. So we were always confused by the fact that the mayor stood against it. Um, you know, it's anyone's guess as to why, um, but all of the evidence is there to show that body, body cameras work. Uh, all the studies show that they work, and um, and the fact that officers wanted them and. Civilians wanted them. Everybody, but the mayor seemed to to want it. Um, but but again, we're uh, I don't know what happened in the last couple of months, but uh, uh, whatever it was, we're happy that uh, it convinced the mayor uh, mm-hmm. to finally join everybody else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious. So you, about conversations you've had with police officers, tell mm-hmm. me a little about about those interactions and 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 you know what they've said. In sure. Those conversations. Um, so when we started, we did not want to be. Um, we saw ourselves as the uh, policy wing of the Black Lives Matter movement here in Boston. Um, you know, we wanted to not uh, recreate the wheel. Mm-hmm. And so we didn't see ourselves as a, a, a group that was focused mainly on uh, demonstrations um, or uh, really making visible what it was that people wanted th- through either marching or protesting. And so decided that we would use uh, the knowledge uh, in the room to form policy but understood that if we wanted to get something passed uh, that made sense, it had to respect the views of everybody involved, not just civilians. So, you know, for us, it was important that we talk to officers and get their, first of all, their feedback on whether or not they wanted cameras at all. Because we also wanted to understand, you know, 
are there going to be officers protesting in front of City Hall saying you had better not adopt this technology? Mm-hmm. And then do we have to prepare for that? Um, or are they going to be standing in solidarity with us? And so uh, Shakia led the action team uh, where they went out on the streets of Boston and talked to hundreds of people. I don't know how they did it, but they talked to hundreds of people. They got video uh, uh, interviews, uh, photos of folks. Uh, took uh, they Everyone filled out a survey. Um, where they essentially uh, talked about, you know, yes, they support cameras, and what do you want in policy? And that's where, you know, kind of where we got some of our ideas for policy from. But with officers, uh, they wanted the cameras, uh, but for different reasons. And so civilians wanted it in response to what we were seeing happening around the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, uh, black, young black men being shot and killed by police officers. Police officers wanted the cameras because, one, uh, quote, one, uh, of course, can't say who he was, but he said, uh, uh, I want them to see what what they do to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for officers here in Boston, it is, it is entirely their perspective that they uh, do a lot of great work, which is true, and that they are uh, uh, sometimes uh, attacked verbally or, or viciously by uh, those they are trying to protect, and they want cameras to catch mm-hmm. the restraint that they show in dealing with people. Mm-hmm. Um, so the majority of officers wanted the cameras. Their only concerns were, uh, again, with policy, with, you know, their their concern was that supervisors will uh, pick and choose what video to look at or target an officer they don't like and uh, use video evidence against them to discipline them, um, which is why we take pains to talk about, you know, who can view it and what it can be used for and all that kind of stuff. Um, so our, our conversations with officers were generally positive. Uh, I cannot think of an officer that we spoke to that did not want the camera. Um, if anything, the several officers said to us uh, they are suspect of officers who don't want body cameras because it would indicate that they may be doing something bad. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I mean, this point about, about there being support sort of on both sides of the blue line, if you will, mm-hmm. is an important one. And there's been, there have been some stories recently underlining that fact and, and saying that, you know, although the cameras are not, you know, I mean, uh, you know, not to make light of it, we see this with some of the efforts in the, you know, sports in the NFL to figure out was that a touchdown or not. I mean, they don't lie. Sometimes there can still be ambiguity in what right. you're seeing mm-hmm. in a camera. But, but, but they are sort of a, a neutral set of eyes capturing something. Right. And, and we've seen stories saying that that, that sort of can work sort of, uh, uh, you know, to be sort of, uh, uh, put it in high and mighty terms, kind of in, in, in pursuit of the truth, right, mm-hmm. uh, wherever that falls. And so there have been a case or two, I guess, where uh, there was a story in the paper saying one case of, uh, of potential uh, excessive use of excessive force or some charge against an officer, uh, they were exonerated because of it, and there have been several cases, uh, you know, where 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 an officer's account didn't stand up mm-hmm. uh, from cameras. So that's sort of, I guess, borne out by what you're saying that right. you're you're sort of saying people of good uh, of goodwill and integrity, whether they're police officers or or residents, sort of equally should see this in positive terms. Right, I, yeah. I believe so, um, and and it's what we're going to do, um, you know. Again, body cameras are just another piece of technology that exists, mm-hmm. and because the society is rapidly advancing uh, technologically, it you know whether it's uh, this year or twenty years from now, body cameras are going to be a standard. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a norm for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and what is it? I mean, you said earlier that you know you know it's inevitable they're coming because they they're obviously is evidence that they work. What is it that you look to? Because I guess uh, you know there was this pilot study done here in Boston that showed. You know, some would say sort of modest 
benefits. I mean, there was a reduction in, in I believe, uh, uh, a reduction in complaints against police mm-hmm. who were wearing cameras that might suggest that, that you know, those police wearing cameras were sort of on, on better behavior than others. Mm-hmm. But there was no apparent reduction in, uh, in, in complaints of excessive use of force. And so it was kind of termed as sort of modest benefits. There was also, and I'm sure you're aware of this, the mayor, starting back in, the, in a debate in the mayor's race, started pointing to a recent big study in, in Washington, D.C. of a couple thousand officers that didn't show, mm-hmm. you know, overwhelming benefits. Right. Um, so to the earlier point um, about use of force, I mean, you know, the commissioner did uh, make mention at a recent hearing at City Hall that uh, one of, and, and actually the study mentioned this as well, that uh, there are already very few incidents of use of force. And they've uh, been on that. There's been a trend downward exactly. in those in recent years. Right. And so, uh, uh, you know, that that is the reason why, you know, the, the, uh, the numbers show that there wasn't that much of a downturn or much of an effect on use of force. Um, but I will say that uh, so the anecdotal evidence that we heard at that hearing was that uh, it, it does keep officers from doing uh, negative things because uh, it was Counselor Lydia Edwards that brought up the story of Zachary Crossan, who's the officer uh, that was on the news a few weeks ago for uh, stopping a young black man on the street, um, accusing him of uh, being someone that he was not and, and harassing him and went viral around the country. Right. And it was it was Counselor Edwards that asked the question, well, did this officer participate in the body camera program? And the answer was yes, he did participate in that program. Mm-hmm. And so the next question, of course, was, well, were there any complaints of, of, of this type of behavior when he was wearing the body camera? And the answer, of course, was no. There was no evidence uh-huh. that this officer uh, uh, you know, harassed anyone while he was wearing a body camera. So, of course, this is a prime example of uh, the benefits, I would say, of body one cameras. But you're you're right to your latter point of um, that study coming out of D.C. showing that uh, body cameras did not have uh, that much of an effect on officers there. Um, but for us here, again, you know, it it was never a question of uh, are these cameras uh, or do we need body cameras? For us, we always assumed that uh, uh, we're going to have them. Um, mm-hmm. Because every other police force in the country is going to adopt this technology and pretty much already has. Uh, so for us, it was always about policy because these tools can be used uh, in negative ways as well uh, in terms of who has access to them, in terms of how often uh, or how long they're on. Um, and so for us, it was always about the policy uh, and not whether or not, you know, especially here in Boston, it reduced complaints or use of force because use of force already doesn't happen as much. And for complaints, you know, a lot of people don't file complaints. And, th- and that's another conversation about people's comfortability um, mm-hmm. with the complaint process in Boston. Um, but again, for us, it was, it was about the policy. Um, but we always, uh, you know, cling to the fact that every other study has shown that uh, body cameras have uh, brought down complaints and use of force drastically. Mm-hmm. And um, I should just mention briefly that we did reach out uh, to uh, the Boston Police Department to see mm-hmm. if Commissioner Evans might be able to join us. They said his schedule was booked and he was not able to. We also reached out to the uh, uh, the Boston Police Patrolmen's Association, the main union representing patrol officers, to see if we might get their president on and did not hear back from them. Uh, so... Uh, we were, you know, looking to sort of widen the circle here of the yeah. conversation, but we're, but we're just glad to have you in here uh, to talk a little about it. I mean, when you, when you, when you talk about the sort of the the importance of the details of how the policy 
is is uh, is written. Um, I know there has just again. I mean, sadly, it's sort of like every other day we turn around and there's some new mm-hmm. case that 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 raises questions about it. So I'm referring now to the recent case in Sacramento mm-hmm. of the young man Stefan Clark, mm-hmm. who was shot twenty some times uh, uh, because the police evidently believed he had a gun. He had a, a phone in his hand, mm-hmm. um, and there's been a lot of questions raised about the fact that those officers were wearing body cameras, but there was some in, some uh, order given to mute the cameras soon after the shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, is I mean, is that sort of exactly the kind of thing that concerns you in terms of having real kind of specificity to what the policies are? Absolutely. Um, and so, so two things. Um, so our policy, the one that we put together, uh, we actually had not even thought about that. And so what we are... Our policy is fluid, and so we're updating it as different suggestions come in, and that's definitely something we're going to be putting in there as we present it to the Boston Police Department, the BPPA, who I do look forward to one day sitting in conversation <laughs> with a, a representative from both of those uh, uh, entities uh, to have uh, have this conversation. Um, have you? But, you've never had a conversation with the union folks uh, nope, directly? Nope. No, uh, which is unfortunate because we have reached out uh, uh, over the years, uh, mm-hmm. several times. Uh, each of those years, uh, well, we, if, they're, if they're listening, we would welcome them, and we'll, we'll redo <laughs> yes. the conversation and have you back in with them anytime they want to come in. And, and now that everyone's all in, it, I would, I would, yeah, hope for a fruitful conversation, especially around policy. Uh, we're actually grateful to the fact that BPD has had a different, played a different tune on that. Uh, mm-hmm. We met with Chief Gross, just as an aside, uh, in the beginning uh, when we started. Before, uh, once we had produced the policy, the first people we met with were at BPD because we also wanted to make sure it represented uh, accurately what's in their existing policies and procedures um, and that it would be that it would be feasible for them to move forward with it. Uh, and Chief Gross, it was supposed to be a 20, 30-minute meeting. We were there for 90 minutes. Uh, and same with the, the commissioner where he has met with us as well. So we're grateful that they uh, were open to meeting with us and talking this through. Um, but to what's happening around the country, you know, yes, with Mr. Clark and the fact that they muted the cameras uh, is extremely concerning to us. Uh, but that's why for our policy, we believed that it was important to have disciplinary measures in uh, the policy as well, because we've seen not just with Stefan Clark, but also with Sam DuBose in Ohio, with um, what just happened with Alton Sterling, uh, the Alton Sterling case, uh, and, and, and many other cases around the country where there is this misuse or abuse of body cameras, uh, and there are no, uh, uh, th- there's no consequences for mm-hmm. officers not correctly using these devices, which for us uh, completely negates the purpose of having them to begin with. The whole purpose of body cameras was to establish accountability and transparency. Mm-hmm. And without disciplinary measures uh, or with the ability to, to mute these cameras, which apparently was, a, uh, was an order that was sent to these officers as well, which also now we have to look at the supervisors and, and why that even happened. Um, but if there are no disciplinary measures or nothing explicitly stating what can and can't happen, there is no purpose to this technology. And then to the mayor's point, it is a waste of money if, if we don't have proper policy. Right, right. Um, uh, so that's, you know, again, our policy, you know, tries to address all of those things. Uh, and we're hopeful that uh, BPD will adopt uh, 100% and hopefully come up with some other stuff that we haven't thought about uh, uh, when, they, when they finally move forward with this program. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, great. Well, uh, I want to thank you so much uh, for coming in. Shagun. Thank you very much. So you've been listening to another installment of the podcast from Commonwealth Magazine. You can subscribe to the podcast via SoundCloud or iTunes. I'm Michael Jonas. For everyone here at Commonwealth, thanks for listening. We'll see you again next time.